Om Gyana Chiran Hasya Gyanam Jana Shalakaya Chakshur Nilita Amrina Tasma Shivaravani then he describes the occupational duties of different orders and statuses of life, citing instances from history, for he was himself well acquainted with the truth. Before, incidents mentioned in the Vedic literature, such as the Puranas, Mahabharat, and Ramayana, are factual historical narrations that took place sometime in the past, although not in any chronological order. Such historical facts, being instructive for ordinary men, were assorted without chronological records. Besides that, they happen on different planets, naming different universes, and thus, the description of generations is sometimes measured by three dimensions. We are simply concerned with the instructive lessons of such incidents, though they are not in order and a limited range of understanding. Vishnudev described such narrations before Maharaj Yudhishthir in reply to his different questions. God is making the point herein that narrations explained in Shastra are not necessarily in chronological order, not necessarily given in chronological order. Mahabharata and Ramayana are more or less in chronological order. Uh, Mahabharata, of course, there are different stories which are out of chronological order, but within the structure of the main text, they are within chronological order, because what happens is there is a basic chronological order, but then within the course of that, some Rishi will give some narration, which is from the past. So many things are described in there, which are from the past, but they're described within the context of a Rishi relating them within the within the main text, which is in chronological order, more or less. So often in Mahabharata you'll find it's it's very complex and it's it's difficult to keep a context, keep a keep track of what's going on because you'll find there's the main story, then within that one Rishi will begin to narrate one story. Now within the story that he's narrating, another Rishi will narrate another story. And within that, another Rishi will narrate another story. And to keep track of it, it's difficult. It's like these Russian dolls, you know, have you seen it? There's one kind of doll they make in Russia, wooden doll, you open it up in the middle, and there's another one inside. And you open up that, and there's another one inside. And you open up that, and there's another one inside. So, in this way, to follow the storyline of Mahabharata, it's quite difficult. It said, Sri Shudra Dvijabandhu Nam, Trayana Vedagotraya. It's Sri Shudra Dvijabandhu, which are prominent in this Kali Yoga. They are not fit to understand. Sri means woman, Shudra means. 
Shudra, Kalau Shudra Sangaya, in the Kali Yoga, everyone is born as a Shudra. In Rijabandhu, the fallen uh, descendants of the Brahmana caste, they are not fit to study the Vedas. Therefore, Vyasadeva compiled the Mahabharata, which is the summary of all the Vedas, which is easy for them to understand. But then the Mahabharata itself is not so easy. Now, in this stage, we are lower than Shudras. Shudra Adhana, lower than Shudra. In fact, if someone calls us a Shudra, we should think, well, that's a compliment. <laughs> because the, the actual Shudra in Vedic society is a much more cultured and disciplined and pious person than the average person of the modern age. <laughs> just like, I'll give an example, this Gokul uh, Chandra Guru in Salem was just telling me that the RSS group is calling them to give some lectures to the cadres of the RSS. And uh, he found that they, you know, they're supposed to be standing up for Hinduism, but they know nothing. They, they don't know that Ayodhya is the birthplace of Lord Ram. They think it's just a place where you go and fight us, go down mosques and Wahipa Mandir Bhaminder. That is the place we will build a temple. That used to be a slogan of the BHP. I think they forgot that It means we will build a temple, the temple. So they just think that they don't know Ayodhya is the birthplace of Lord Ram. They don't, they don't know even the names of the different Koshalya, uh, Sumitra, Kaikei, you know, all <laughs> You know? Okay, very good. Who are they? Who are they? Can you say why is of Dasharat, who is the father of Lord Ramachandra? Lord Ramachandra, who else? Who else? Father of Ram? What are the names of? Brothers of Lord Ram, we should know that. Ram. So, Dasharat is the father of Ram, Lakshman, Shatrugna, and Bharat. And who else? Lord Daughter, yes. Shankar. Very good. She was born long before Ram and his brothers because she was married before that too. Hmm? She was married to Rishi Ashringa, who came and put to the kingdom of Dasharat, Mithila, to, no, not Mithila, the uh, Ayodhya, so. I'm getting it wrong. So, and uh, he performed the necessary yagya and function so that Dasharat could have a son. So now they say Hamdo Hamaredo, but at that time it was Hamcha. We had three wives, Hamare Panch. 
was a little different. We had five children. So, uh, these narrations are actually very valuable for human society. We put a lot of stress on Srimad Bhagavatam, but actually all the Vedic scriptures are all very valuable for human society. We put more stress on Bhagavatam for, for different reasons. One reason is that it is the topmost Vedic literature which directly describes Krishna. And people in the modern age don't have much time or inclination for Shastra study at all. Just like the same these young boys in the RSS in Salem, they don't even know that Ayodhya is the birthplace of Lord Ram. They're feeling we are Hindus, God save the home, on Hindu head. Say it proudly, we are Hindus. They're feeling like that. But they don't what not only the Hindus, but it is the influence of the Ramayana and Puranas and Shastra so strong in previous ages, in previous times, but not only the Hindus, but even the Muslims in India could tell you what is the Lyoja is the birthplace of Radha. Many Muslims they they, they used to because uh, people are always talking about it and they'd also take pleasure in hearing all these things. Many Muslims also used to celebrate Janmashtami, Ramnavami, it used to be like even now some still do. So uh, these Puranas they're also important as a background to the knowledge of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, especially Mahabharata and Ramayana. These are very important in human society because uh, they, Ramayana, of course, is the pastimes of Lord Ram, and they're all uh, didactic. Didactic means that which is intended to instruct. They're all instructive. And we find, just like if you read Chaitanya Charitamrita, we find that uh, there are quotes not only from Bhagavatam but from so many Shastras which uh, support the conclusion of Bhagavatam, which is Krishna's Chaitanya And we find from the Bhagavatam that the personalities who are described there, they also had knowledge of Ramayana, Mahabharata, and all these different scriptures. Just like, for instance, we find in the ninth canto of Bhagavatam, in the course of describing the Surya Vamsha, Shivitipurichitara, Shivitip Goswami, comes to the point of where he's describing the different kings in the Surya dynasty, in particular the Rabu dynasty. He comes to the point of uh, now the, the son of Dashrath is Lord Ram. So he says that I will just briefly narrate to you the story of Lord Ram because you have already heard it many times. This means that Richard Maharaj must have been familiar with this. And we also find in the 10th canto of Bhagavatam, the gopis are describing to Krishna that actually uh, we know you are a very bad character and that you will specifically mistreat women because we heard from our grandmother that we are going to Kornamasi, who is actually, as far as I know, Brahmacharya, but she is referred to, just like you may say, to, to any woman, one should say, Amma, in Tamil Nadu, mother. Even it used to be the young girls, they were called Amma. Isn't it still they do? No, probably not. But previously, 
So even young girls, five years old, they're called mothers. So they get in the consciousness of being like a mother. Instead of being the consciousness of being Miss India or something like that. You know, to become Miss India. Miss, Miss India means the biggest prostituted in India. So, Amma, that is respectable. Respectable and respectful. It's respectful to say Amma. And uh, that woman who is addressed as such will naturally want to be respectable. So, uh, they were addressing, they said, our grandmother, she told us about in your previous incarnations, you were so badly behaved. But this Dali Maharaj, he very, when you came as Vamana, that this Dali Maharaj, he so uh, devotedly offered you three steps of land, he offered you charity, all that you begged for. But he was so ungrateful that you arrested him like a crow and tied him up and sent him down to the lower planets. And then, uh, when you came as Lord Rama, you were so cruel that this uh, Shurpanaka, she didn't really do anything wrong, but uh, you punished her through the agency of Lakshman by cutting off a nose. So, you can understand that actually it's, it's just your karma to be said. You're bad after bad, you are such a bad person. Of course, this is to be properly understood. The gopis aren't actually persons. This is, this is called prema vivarta. The transformations of pure loving devotional service for Krishna. But anyway, the point I'm making here is that the gopis, even though they were simple village women from the external point of view, and in many ways, just like simple village women, we must have been present all over India at that time. You know. Especially, of course, the culture, even at that time, probably was different somewhat between North India and South India. But we can imagine that uh, even outside of Rajamandal, uh, in the area which is now known as UP, that uh, there was, in every village there were gopis. And they all, uh, they were familiar with the narrations of Ramayana, Mahabharata, Srimad Bhagavata, because that culture was there to narrate them regularly, the dramas, and people would hear, and they would be benefited. They would get good instruction from the, from the narrations described therein. One can learn uh, what it means to be an ideal king, an ideal citizen, ideal wife, in the case of Sita Devi. And we have, uh, from Ramayana we have Sita Devi as an ideal wife, but similarly ideal was Mandogari. She was ideal, she was, she didn't leave Ravana, she knew he was a rascal, but she warned him that we don't get mixed up with this Sita. This will be the cause of, that you are doing wrong. This would be the cause of your destruction. So she warned him, but he didn't like to hear. She did her duty. And uh, in Mahabharata we have also uh, 
particularly two narrations are there which describe the chaste wives. You can say. Gandhari. That's there, but there are two particular. You see, with Gandhari, there's no particular story about her, but she's she's definitely very chaste. But there are two particular narrations in Mahabharata, which long stories. No, because her story becomes it's intertwined. This. What I need to say in Mahabharata, there are two stories which are separately given, which long stories, which one is Savitri and Satyavan, and the other is, you said it, Nala and Damayanti. Nala is the husband, Damayanti is the woman. A romantic story. Uh, actually, one. That is not very important, but a pure devotion that is enacted on the platform of uh, Vedanta. Such Shadadhana Maniyo Gyanabhai Raja Yukhaya Pajantya Chakanam Bhakya Shutagi. On the basis of Shuti, this, these Puranas, Mahabharata, Ramayana, this is not Shuti, this is considered Smriti, it's not what is called the original Vedas. So, devotional service is executed on the background of hearing from Shuti, but uh, actually in Shastra it's also stated that one cannot properly see if he only studies Shruti. Smriti is also required, because they're like two eyes. If you have only one eye, you can see, but not properly in focus. Two eyes, but everything properly in focus. So, Shruti and Smriti are like two eyes. So, these are required to understand, not only, you see here it's described how Vishnu Devi is describing Raja Dharma, Sri Dharma, Dana Dharma, all, what is the proper behavior for persons with impunity society? So, actually, these are important also. These, uh, these books, especially Ramayana, Mahabharata, and Srimad Bhagavatam, these are the basis of the Vedic culture that was previously so widely practiced in India. And also, other Shastras, the, uh, Vishnu Purana is very popular in this area because, especially because she thought Rama is a Chinese giving special importance to them. Now, in uh, Orissa, especially South Orissa, and to some extent in northern Andhra Pradesh, you'll find that Rushimha Purana is very popular. There are many devotees of Rushimha Devotees. I'm staying in the uh, I'm renting a room at this time in Puri, I'm going back there today, in a Brahmin house where they don't have a TV. And morning and evening they recite the Shrima Purana in Oriya translation. Just not everyone takes part, one, two ladies especially, they listen to them. So that is the culture. So other Puranas are there also. So these form the basis of Vedic society. That there is South Orissa, 
they're, they're mostly they're attached to Lord Vishnu as he appears as Lakshmi Varaha at Simhachala, which is near to Vishakapatna in northern Andhra Pradesh, close to the border with Orissa. So, uh, like this, this all forms the basis of Vedic culture. Uh, we find in Gita Govinda, which is uh, purely devoted to the pure loving affairs of Radha and Krishna, very elevated Shastra, that the author Sri Jayadeva Swami begins, or in his introduction, he uh, gives this Dashavata state, which is very famous throughout India, especially here in the South, still many people recite that and uh, where I'm saying in Puri also, that's very, it's also well known, it's recited daily in the temple of Jagannath. Actually, it was widely known all over India at one point, but now, due to the influence of modern society, less so. But uh, Jaidev Goswami, he has begun his Gita Govinda with a description that who is this Krishna who is uh, described here? If we read Gita Govinda, we'll find Krishna is described as uh, practically seems like a debauch. But first we should understand who is this Krishna? Kishavadvita Dasavidha Rupa Jaidagadishahare. He is uh, Matsya. He is Kurma. He is Vamana. He is Varaha. He is Parashura, he is Rishingha, he is Lord Ramachandra, he is Balara, he is Buddha, he is Kauti. So he is not any ordinary person, he is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That should be understood. So uh, Jaidev Goswami was given briefly a summary of all the pastimes of these ten avatars. In this Dashavata Stotra, Kalaya Payo Vijayaka Tavana Suveda, Vihitana Hitta Charitra Makeda, Keshavatrita Mina Shareda Jai Jagatisha. So, just very briefly, he's given that when the Vedas were in danger of being inundated and lost in the deluge, then the Lord appeared as Mini, the Matsya Avatar to save the Vedas. So, just briefly his book, because it's expected that all who are participating in this singing or recital, they know. So, it's just a summary. Just like we find at the end of major scriptures like Srila Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Chaitanya they, the author, the Asadeh and Krishnas Kaniraj Goswami in this case, they just very briefly, they go over the main topics and they, in one verse, they'll summarize one or two major questions. So we'll find like Priti Maharaj, his narration covers maybe nine, ten chapters of Bhagavatam. It's one of the longest narrations in the Bhagavatam, before the tenth chapter. So that is summarized in one or two lines. 
just to remind Sindhani Chaitanya Chaitanya at the end of each leaf uh, of each of the sections, Adilila, Madhilila, Antilila. There is a summary in which in a few verses he he summarizes in in one verse he summarizes one or two chapters. He gives the summary of them. So it's expected that everyone should know this and hearing about this Sri Jayadeva Kabayareva Bodhita Nidara Shinusukadam Subadam Nagasar Shinusukadam Shinusubadam Subadam Nagasar Is it Subadam first or Subadam? I can't remember. Subadam first. So he says that this Jayadeva Goswami, the poet Jayadeva, has composed this very nice Dashavata Stoka. Which by hearing, even though we're in this world of birth and death, then we can become, it, it gives auspiciousness and happiness. So, uh, the same thing Srimad Bhagavatam, we can read, just like we mentioned in Rishina, So we can read there is the story of Rishina the story. But in Bhagavatam, you'll find what is of course, the story is given there also, but a very long section on Prahlad Maharaj's prayers. So, Srimad Bhagavatam is Leela Grantha, but it also gives much importance to Tattva, to philosophical understanding of the Absolute Truth. We'll find that more in Srimad Bhagavatam than in other Puranas. And Mahabharata, we'll also find. Like I said, Mahabharata is uh, full of stories and there's also instructions for human society given paroksha and aparoksha. It means uh, indirectly and directly. It means indirectly by giving stories and directly by giving different verses. You should do this, you shouldn't do that. And there's also some philosophy, but not much philosophy until we come to Bhagavad Gita, which is all full of philosophy. But in general, Mahabharata, not so much philosophy, but Srimad Bhagavata, among all the Puranas, has a lot of philosophical discussion. Because Srimad Bhagavata, as well as being a Purana, it's also the uh, commentary on Vedanta Sutra. So Srimad Bhagavata is most important, but other Puranas also important. Of course, most people in the modern age, they don't have time or inclination even to study Srimad Bhagavatam. Even our devotees, unfortunately, many of them, they haven't read even once all Srimad Bhagavatam. Who's read through all Srimad Bhagavatam? Please raise your hand. None, none of you. You didn't read? Now you're retired for what? Two years? Now you have time, isn't it? You should read for two, three hours every day. Really? Very important. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good idea to retire, but now you should take the opportunity for studying very carefully this Srimad Bhagavatam. Read through it all. It's wonderful. Once you get a taste for this, you'll You'll never have a taste for reading other languages. But then we may read. 
Now, I don't recommend this because this is written by some county and they don't have the proper understanding. You can read that edition I've given. Yeah. It's also, children can read that, isn't it? Did you see that Ramayana? That yeah, <laughs> Next edition we're doing with many pictures also, not all of them. You see, the problem with reading this kind of, this edition is by someone, but who is that someone? Probably it's Mayavad influence, and it will come through. It will this uh, edited by Gita Menon. So Menon means uh, iron, or the Naya. Naya, So the uh, so unless they're initiated in Iskong, the Nayas they're all Mayavadi. Menon, Keralites. They don't have a not only Keralites, but people in general. I mean. If it had been Ayenga, then there was more hope. Nowadays, Ayenga means they mostly don't understand either, because they don't take systematic training. But the point is that definitely their misunderstanding is going to come through. There's another very popular edition of Ramayana and Mahabharata, very concise, published by Bharati Avidya Bhavan. Actually, it's not Bharati Avidya, it's, it's not the actual Vidya, it's the Avidya. The, or the Vikrita Vidya, the perverted Vidya they are promoting. So they have to, it's very popular, they are giving many editions of that uh, Rajakopalachari's edition. And they also have bigger versions by this uh, Kamala Subramanian. But they are all infected with the wrong ideas. That yes, we give great respect to Lord Ram. He doesn't actually exist because he's just transformation of the mode of goodness or something like this. So that's actually why I made this edition of Ramayana in the first place. Because I saw all our devotees they're reading this Kamala Subramaniam's edition. And she's completely uh, Mayava. So you, it's very dangerous. Most devotees, they don't have the, enough philosophical depth or discrimination to find the Mayavad when it comes. And that means they get infected by it. So, Avaish, what is that? Avaishnava Mokhod Giyanam Uitam Haripatamritam Shravanam Naivakartavya Sarpo Chishtam Ritavaya. You should not hear Haripata from non-devotees. They say, well, they're only speaking about Hari. Just like yesterday that that uh, devotee said, well, the, the Shankaracharyas, they also they always say Sri Hari, Sri Hari. But that is, Sri Hari or Hari Kata, as found in Ramayana, Mahabharata, Srimad Bhagavatam. That is all nectar, Amrita. But Amrita means that which stops death, Akrita. But Amrita also means milk. Sometimes milk is called amrita because milk is supposed to help elongate our lives. That means cow's milk without injections and you can't get that kind of milk nowadays. It's difficult to find. So uh, the example is given 
And milk is amrita, just like nectar. But if a snake drinks that milk, poisonous snake drinks, then whatever milk is left over, if you drink that, that will not be amrita, that will be mrita, that will cause us to die. It's full of poison. So it looks the same. It may even taste the same, but the effect is different. If we hear from non-devotees, then instead of getting the benefit of becoming immortal by hearing about Krishna, instead of entering into the immortal service of Krishna in the Lokanda, we are all spiritual life will be spoiled. So don't hear from non-devotees. And we should not even not hear from mixed devotees, we should hear from pure devotees. Just like we might there are some good reciters. Maybe they come from Vrindavan, not here so much. They won't. They're mostly reciting in Hindi. Or they may even be from Ballab Sampadaya or something like that. But we have to see what is their character, what is their what is their understanding. We should hear from pure devotees. They made some system in in some congregational programs that they invite everyone to come and all the new people they all give their opinions and discuss, but I'm not in favor of this. They should hear. They should learn to hear. If they're not ready to hear, then all right, we, we could take prasada. But what is the use of listening to people who don't know and have the wrong idea? We should, even in the temples, it's not that we should listen to anyone. We should listen to those who, are, who are actually have entered deeply into Shastra, who understand the import, who live according to it. We should be very careful who we hear from. Because if we don't hear the right thing, then we'll hear the wrong thing. Absolute truth means that there is no defect. If someone is not 100% pure devotee, then there will be a defect in what he said. So you may say, then who shall we hear from? 100% pure means still there may be some residual bad things in the heart, but he's 100% dedicated himself to the principle of full surrender to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such a person may be considered a pure devotee. Such a person we should hear from. But if we hear from someone who thinks that, well, just like most people think God, God is someone who is our order supplier. Yesterday I was looking in this uh, The Week magazine did, did an article on does God exist? And some physicist has given a 60%, 7% chance. <laughs> According to physics. But he said, personally, my own opinion is that it's much closer to 100%. So they were analyzing and they gave some different opinions. They, they gave the opinion of, uh, what's his name, Ram Jet Malani, is it? Yeah, so he gave, hmm? yeah. So he gave his opinion, lawyer and politician. Did he win in his election? He was opposed he was opposing Vajpayee, wasn't it? He lost. In Lucknow or something. Anyway, he gave his opinion that well, basically I believe in God, but I've been having my doubts recently because you see there's this earthquake in Gujarat and so many children they would suffered and they were buried under the rubble and very slowly they died. So if there's God, why should he do that? Another, someone said that, well, I used to go to the 
Shirdi Sai Baba Temple, and I, I was trained as a as a space pilot, and I used to go to the Shirdi Sai Baba Temple every Thursday, and they told me if you give a lakh and one rupee donation, then you'll get chosen for the space program. You'll be shot into space. So I did it, but still I didn't get shot into space. So now I don't believe in God. These are intelligent people. He's trained as a as a astronaut or his Ramjet by his intelligence only he's become prominent. Because he's a prominent lawyer. So you have to be very intelligent. But materially intelligent but spiritually full number one. Because they think that God God you see they think if there's God, God means all powerful. And if there's God it means he's good and kind and just. So, how can there be God if there's so much suffering in the world? This is an ancient problem for the Christians, theological problem. The answer is that it's given by Christian Bhagavad Gita. Purusha Sukha Dukkhanam That we ourselves are the cause of our suffering, not God. We bring it upon ourselves. So this could be the subject of another big lecture, but there's no time. Time, tide, wait for no man, and trains don't wait for many people, but not for me. Maybe if Ram Jetnalani was going to go on the train, then they'd, they'd delay it for him. But not for me. So we'll finish the class here. Hare Krishna. Is there any question? I jumped in there, I saw. And go up first. Yes. Um, he, he said, uh, uh, various quotes are given from different Sastravis uh, supports of your Arian supports. The Bhagavad translation, yes. So, uh, there are other uh, Puranas, like Rajasik Puranas and Samasik Puranas, where some descriptions are given, some stories are given, which are contradicting to the Bhagavad philosophy, people are asking. Uh, there are some stories given in different shastras which are contradictory to Bhagavad philosophy. They may appear to be, they may not be, or they may be also. Therefore, we have to understand shastras through our chariots. Just like, for instance, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself quoted from Brahma Bhaivarti Purana that Ashramedam Dalavalangram Sanyasa Pala Paitrikam Devarena Sutopratim that in Kali Yoga five activities are proscribed, not prescribed, proscribed. Proscribed means forbidden. So uh, what are they? Offering a cow and sacrifice, offering, well, actually first comes offering a horse and sacrifice, offering a cow and sacrifice, taking sannyas, offering meat in shroud to the forefathers and begetting a child in the womb of one's brother's wife. So, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu quoted this to the Kazi to say that there is Shastra, uh, it is allowed in Shastra that there be cow sacrifice. This came up in the, in the context of a discussion with the Kazi, Chan Kazi. And he also said that in the course of relating this, that this is, Sanyas is also living in Kali Yoga, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his Leela as Acharya, himself took Sanyas. So what is the purpose of this? 
This Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasar topic explained that actually Brahma Bhagavata Purana is a Rajasik Purana. So that is meant for people in the Karma Kanda. So proscribed here is the Karma Sanyas, or persons who are following Karma Kanda and who renounce that and they take Sanyas too go up to the stage of becoming a Jnani. But the sannyas which is described in Srimad Bhagavatam, itams asthaya parama nishtama dhyasitam kurtanayana hargivi aham tarishami durantaparam tamomakundanga nishayana. This sannyas which is described in Srimad Bhagavatam of renouncing all family connections for the sake of serving the kunda, Krishna, that is uh, the eternal function of the soul. So that is never forbidden. So we have to understand through the acharyas. Sanyas, this sanyas, to dedicate everything in the service of Mukunda, that can never be given up. That's all, that should always be there in human society. You have one question, then we'll finish. If one is worshipping a demigod very sincerely, once Prabhupada was asked about what is the position of a sincere atheist, the Prabhupada said it's like saying an honest thief. If one is actually sincere, he will worship Krishna. Worshipping demigods means you want something from them, so it's not actually sincere. It's like someone has a high office, just like this Jai Lalita I heard, that people, when the, when the uh, candidatures are being distributed for election, then people will come down and bow down to full Dandavat. So it looks like the surrendered servants to her, but they want to get the seat. They don't care for her, they want to get the seat. Now the Opposition party the, or the various parties are supporting the Congress. Yes, we are very sincerely with you. But everyone knows that within a few days they'll turn around and stab them in the back. If, it, if they find it better for their self-interest. So sincere means that we are acting without self-interest. Worship of demigod means it is not sincere. Because one is only worshipping demigods for one's mistaken idea of what is one's self-interest. What were you saying? Will they go to the demigods? No, no. Will they be elevated automatically to Krishna consciousness? Will they be elevated to Krishna consciousness? If they, if they are fortunate enough to meet a pure devotee and take his guidance. Even if they go to the demigods, the demigods reciprocate with them like demigods, not like, like administrators of the material world. They don't, generally they don't reciprocate with people as devotees. So worship of demigods doesn't automatically lead to Krishna Bhakti. Therefore all Krishna rejects. This is one of your big obstacles, just saying you turn out obstacles in devotion service. But even when we find people are they take to Krishna conscious, they get initiated, but still they remain attached to all these demigod worship. You have to choose. What do you want? You want Krishna or you want Kali, Shiva, Durga, Ganesh, Sai Baba? What do you want? 
for Sadhabas and the demigod. He's not even a demi-demon, he's a complete demon. So, but people 